time now for Fantasy Football Weekly on the Fan, presented by Greenbelt Premium and Devonis, your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy football speculation and advice. Fantasy Football Weekly is brought to you by Fanball.com, Town Hall Family, Greater Twin Cities Honda Dealers, Joe Sensors. Hudson Ford, and by Park Tavern. Now, now, along with Fanball.com, Scott Fish, Matt Harrison, and Brian Johnson, here's the fans, Paul Charchian. Welcome to our first regular season edition of Fantasy Football Weekly. I am Paul Charchian, my co-hosts, Matt Harrison and Scott Fish. Good morning, guys. Good morning. I like that my name's first. Yeah, how about that? I enjoy that. Yeah, yeah well, you should. I don't even think we had your name in the intro for half of nope. last year. No, nope, so, we didn't. Uh, it is, uh, it's awfully nice. All's right with the world. It's week one! Week one, we're so here. So excited. And as much as I enjoy all the preseason shows, all the live events that we did, the Shells Brewery, the State Fair, and of course the Fantasy Football Training Camp, there's just something right with the world when we're breaking down matchups, fantasy style, like we've been doing for 24 years. Yeah, until we have to do the 7 a.m. starts. Well, that's, that's a good point. Unnatural. That, yeah, that is unnatural. This is Our time slot is meant to be 10 to noon. <laughs> Gophers, be good this year. Yeah, be, please be good. Be really, <laughs> really good this year, Gophers. Uh, in addition to breaking down all 15 remaining matchups, 30 teams, we will give you nine players upon whom you can take a chance. Three hot questions. What, three? Three hot questions. Premature speculation. So lots to get to over the course of the show. Let's jump right into our matchups. Guys, Buffalo Bills taking on the Baltimore Ravens. Matt, I think this is going to be the most lopsided game of the week. It's going to be slopsided, that's for sure. On the Buffalo side, I gave LaShawn McCoy a C, and that's the only starting grade. And Correct. the C is generous. The yeah. offensive line was a mess all preseason. They lost three starters from last year's team. And their best three starters. Yeah, and Nathan Peterman is starting, so there's virtually no passing game to speak of. In the past two seasons, McCoy has scored only five of his last 22 touchdowns on the road, so that's a negative split. And over the last nine games of the season, Baltimore suffered through a lot of injuries to their front seven. They're all healthy now. Over those final nine games, Le'Veon Bell topped 100 total yards from the running back position against Baltimore, and that was it. McCoy is as good of a lock for 20 touches, but that's the only reason you'd play him. And I don't, and I don't even know if he gets to 20 if they fall behind early. Yeah, probably not. You may remember Nate Peterman from such first halves <laughs> as the five interception game against the Chargers last year, in which he was yanked at halftime. Exactly. So Peterman, Kelvin Benjamin, Jeremy Curley, Charles Clay, they're all on the bench. Um, but you brought up Nathan Peterman and his five interceptions. If you're in a team defense league, Baltimore's defense it's as good as it gets. <laughs> Absolutely, <Yeah. laughs> they may pitch a shutout on Fanball. They're the second highest uh, priced defense this I, week. I don't know how they're but not you, the highest. But well, at the time we set it was them, set long ago. Yeah, it was set long ago. So right. you still might want to pay up for them at forty five hundred. Uh, the other start in this game, and there's only one start on the Baltimore side that I have, and that's Alex Collins, who I gave an A start. If you Love. truly believe the game script favors the Ravens, holding the Bills to maybe 10 points or less, I do. it's feasible that Collins could have 30 carries in this game. And not only that, the Bills ranked 30th in DVOA against the run last year. 
and allowed the league's most rushing yards and touchdowns to running backs. It's as good of a start as possible for Alex Collins. Love him this week. Love to get Alex Collins as many lineups as possible. Um, he's my number three running back this week, and a perfect 10 out of 10 grade, uh, the way I grade players. Uh, so uh, we're all in lockstep on him. Yeah, Joe Flacco in the passing game is on the bench. Not that you'd be starting Flacco in a week one game where all 32 quarterbacks are available anyway. The Bills surrendered multiple touchdown passes only three times last year. They also held Cam Newton, Drew Brees, and Tom Brady to zero touchdown games last season. Not a terrible pass defense. So I got Michael Crabtree and John Brown, the new guys in town. They're on the bench. I kind of want to play wait and see, and this is not an easy matchup for them. Game script says Alex Collins is going to get all the work. I'm just sticking with him. Joe Flacco, we should mention. Looked dramatically better he did. this preseason than last. Anytime He's got we a saw little pressure against him. Well, yeah, you know, actually does have. He's got, you know, I like the pressure that Lamar yeah. Jackson gives, and um, and the fact that he's healthy, unlike all of last year when he sure. played with the bad back. Um, hey, I should mention special shout out thanks to our decade long sponsor, Grain Belt Premium, as we head into our first Week One show, our first regular season show, uh, the official beer fantasy football, Grain Belt Premium, and you want to be sure to play the free Crush Charge Challenge at GrainBelt.com and. It's uh, it's free to play. Why wouldn't you do it? $2,000 grand prize. You get the trip to Manny's for the, the steak banquet at the end, which is awesome as well, the winner's banquet. There's been rumor that the other Fantasy Football Weekly co-hosts might be there this year. I would I would like that. <laughs> we, uh, we're starting that rumor. We are starting that rumor right now on 100,000 watts of radio and broadcasts across you know we, many of the participating fan radio network stations. We talked to Sean from Shells, and he was all in on it. So. I, well, I'm sure he doesn't mind. They don't pay the bill. Manny's does. I talked to my wife, and she was fine with your, it. Too. Your wife totally in on this. Yes. Uh, Dave Wilson is the person we need to talk to at Manny's. Many thanks to our friends at the brewery, Sean, Sean Ryan, uh, Brett Moss, Lee Wendinger, and of course, the owners, Ted and Jody Marty. All right, let's go to our next uh, matchup. And this one is fascinating because the Steelers and the Browns could literally be rained out. It is the remnants of, of Tropical Storm Gordon as they cut a swath through Central uh, North America could end up on Sunday right in the heart of Cleveland. This is a game that may not happen on time, or maybe even uh, if it does happen, we could have a major weather event. Yeah, if if this thing happens in the 40 to 50 mile an hour winds and the seven plus inches of rain on a muddy, gross field. That's not what they're currently expecting, is it? <sighs> that that is that the last sounds very I saw. that sounds very weather terrorist. Yeah. I'm gonna look at the I'm gonna look at the hourlies. I mean it's for the, Cleveland the lake effect second. rain. It, they're not expecting seven <laughs> inches during the game. I think that's a storm total. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a storm total. I don't think they're projecting the exact three hour span of that game. Probably not. Uh, no. You keep chatting. I'm going to look up the ClevelandWeather.com and just see and just see what we're looking at. On so I, I'm doing these grades, assuming that they're going to play the game on time in terrible inclement weather, I, which is the highest probability. Which is maybe the, not terrible. Mm, we'll, we'll see. see. Right. Uh, in the passing game, I'm giving Ben a C. I probably would have given him a B in normal circumstances. You never love him on the road. He's only been a top ten QB in two of his last twenty one road games. It's just terrible on the road. His we've, la- we've been pounding this storyline yeah. for three, four years yeah. with Ben Roethlisberger yeah. now. His last four versus the Browns, he had a hundred yarder, a two two hundred yards, and two two hundred yarders, and a three hundred yarder. Like he's all over the map against them. Uh, had a good one last year, but I, I just don't love him this this week. Antonio Brown would be an A grade. 
I'm giving him a very strong B if it's bad weather, Mm -hmm. but you still, you're not benching him at all. He's, he's a must start. He's averaging eight and a half receptions and 124 yards per game in his last eight versus Cleveland. He absolutely owns owns the the Browns. Yeah. So I want to give him an A, but it's just the weather concerns me, but you're, you're not benching him either. Uh, Juju Smith gets a C in this for me. Mm-hmm. And once again, dropped because of the weather. Mm-hmm. Uh, torched them uh, last game of last season for 143 yards and the touchdown. Uh, he's going to be facing uh, against uh, Body Calhoun, who is 24th uh, against Pro Football Focus last year, who just, you know, a decent quarterback. But Schuster killed him last year. He's averaged six catches for 100 yards per game from week eight on last year. Yeah. Juju Smith Schuster. Yeah. Uh, James Washington, and not yet. I love James Washington, but it's it's not yet, especially Agreed. in this weather. Yep. James Conner, I downgraded all the way to a C grade. The Browns were sneaky good last year. 3.4 yards per carry, yep. second best in the NFL. They were top five in tackles per lo- tackles for loss. Uh, it, he's going to get volume, and that's why he's startable, but he's a C grade. Now, many people feel that the inclement weather... Um, will ultimately mean more running for Connor, and I think there's some truth to that. They're, I think there's, I think by volume, yep, we that, may want and that's to push why I'm him to more a, like a B. Mm, you can have him at a B. I'll have him at a very confident C. Okay, uh, B grade. I, I don't know that he's got that immense upside. Maybe if he can get in the end zone. Jesse James, I really, really loved this week. He had two touchdowns week one against the Browns last year. The Browns were bottom four against tight ends. I actually give Jesse James a B grade. If if they have to throw short because of that wind, he might feast. Let's mention Vance McDonald out, out for yeah. this game. Yep. So Jesse James, and Jesse super, James ju- super nice deep sleeper here. Just came off the injury report. Team. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Uh, over to the Brown side, Tyrod goes from a C to a bench for me in this. He's a great deep ball thrower. He's got a nice little safe 35-yard rushing floor, but I don't love him in this, even though he's got the best supporting cast he's ever had. If it was great weather, I, I would find him startable. Landry, I'm giving a B grade. Better weather, I'd give it an A grade. He has five or more receptions in 17 consecutive games, mm. which is current active longest streak. Yeah, it's hard not to not to love him, even in this matchup. Should feast on some short yardage stuff if the wind prevails. Yeah, Gordon, he's going to get a full complement of stamps. I I know that's it's not, not what they're st- saying. I know that they, that he's not getting the start, but he had. That's what they said last year when he came back and he got 11 targets against Casey Hayward. Yeah, I think I think that's the same. He's going to get that same complement of snaps, uh, but he's a better deep ball option. Most of his touchdowns are deep. That's not going to be in this game. I, I'm actually benching him. Josh Gordon, Josh Gordon, I'm I am benching. too. Yep, David Njoku. I'm giving a C. Tyrod Taylor loved the tight end in Buffalo. Charles Clay became a thing in Buffalo. Yeah, yeah, he did. He was top twelve <laughs> many weeks. Yeah, Charge doesn't agree with me. That's okay. Char- Charles Clay was, n- you never were happy rostering Charles Clay. He I was, was the guy on was your happy. bye week you begrudgingly put in your roster and you take hope a for- chance on me, all star. At, at, the, at, at the end of 2016 through the start of 2017, he was a top five tight end fantasy points. All right, so. great. Spread a five games or something. <laughs> it was more like eight games, but whatever. Uh, so, Nijoku, I'm giving a C grade. He looked great in the preseason. Hyde. Uh, this is where the slugfest gives him a C grade for me. I, he's the he's the lead dog. I don't love Duke in this matchup. I don't love Chubb in this matchup. But last year, running backs gained 4.4 yards per carry on the Steelers, which was mm-hmm. fifth most. They they were really bad to end the season. The Browns' interior linemen are solid, and when with Ryan Shazier out, the opposing running backs averaged a full care full yard per carry more at 5.1 per carry. Wow, he's out. Yeah. Uh, why don't you like Duke Johnson in this matchup? 
Uh, well, the Steelers were middle of the pack against uh, receiving running backs. They they only seeded about five per game to running backs. Mm-hmm. I think that can be spread out. And they only allowed one receiving touchdown all last year. I, I'm not. I'm just not in love with Duke okay. Johnson. Uh, Houston takes on the Patriots in one of the marquee fantasy matchups of this weekend, and. Let's start on the Houston side as they travel to New England. These teams played each other last week, so or last year, so we'll reference that game a lot. Uh, Watson and Hopkins are both A grades, of course, and, and both were solid but not spectacular in last year's matchup. There's room to do better, though. This is still a mediocre Patriots secondary that finished last year 30th in passing yards allowed. Now, a lot of that was in the first half of the season where they were really, really bad. They got up to about average by the end of last year. They added cornerback Jason McCourty to their secondary. I think he's just okay. They added defensive end Adrian Claiborne to help the pass rush. He's okay. Um, I'm I am very nervous, however, about the Texans' offensive line. Maybe the worst in the NFL. Well, it looks like it will be the worst in the NFL. But Watkins and Hopkins must start guys every week. Um, <laughs> You're not going to be able to do this all year. You're going to call them Watkins. Watkins. All year. Can I just can I just combine them together? Like yeah. uh, what was uh, what was the the J Lo and Affleck bit? Uh, Benefer. Benefer. Yeah. Can we just can we just put them together now? Uh, will Fuller worries me a little bit more because if this is a bad offensive line, Will Fuller wants to get free deep, right? And I don't know if I don't know if Watson is going to have enough time to go deep to Fuller. I think you're downplaying the Watson game of last year. He had 301 yards and two touchdowns and 41 rushing yards in that game. Yeah, it was a good game. Threw, two, threw a couple of touchdowns in the like, game. I, it was good. You're, you're downplaying it, it a little It was bit, a though. good game. It was, it was a good, was but not, not great. There's not, room for improvement. There is room for improvement. They could be better. <laughs> uh, they've, As you probably have heard through the preseason, Fuller and Watson played together just four times, but they averaged nearly two touchdowns a game. So, you know, we know that those two, when they're on the field together, can be electric. He will most often work against cornerback Eric Rowe, who ranked 109th at his position Doesn't seem by good. pro football focus. So there's uh, that isn't good. Uh, will Fuller, B grade. C grade for Lamar Miller, one of my least favorite starting running backs in the NFL. Uh, Texans are likely to be trailing in this game. And last year, Houston only ran the ball 39% of the time when they were trailing. So I'm worried about volume for Lamar Miller. Worried about the offensive line. Also, he's not very good. (laughs) (laughs) How do you really feel? Well, you roll all that together. I agree with him. Fortunately, New England's defensive line play is not a lot better. They gave up 4.7 yards per attempt. Second worst in the NFL last year. And... Still, uh, Samar Miller, I can't get excited about him here just to see great. Let's go to the New England side of this game. Uh, Brady and Gronk, obvious A starts. I'm not going to elucidate much on them. They're my number quarterback. He's my, uh, Brady's my quarterback two, and Gronk's my tight end one in my rankings this week. Remember, Brady threw for five touchdowns in this matchup last year. So, that's part of why I love Chris Hogan. A grade and my number five wide receiver in this week's rankings. Torched Houston for two touchdowns last time they met. And that was when Brandon Cooks and Danny Amendola were on the team siphoning off looks. They're not there anymore. Cooks and Amendola leave behind 13 targets to be distributed to others, including Chris Hogan. Houston's cornerback Kevin Johnson will see Hogan most often. He ranked 120th by pro football focus. There's not even that many cornerbacks. I know, right, exactly. Let's go to uh, the other receivers. Philip Dorsett gets a C grade in this one. He's going to be on the field for most what? of the plays, and he's going to start opposite Hogan. He'll uh, he'll run from all over the field, but we'll see him in the slot a lot because Julian Edelman suspended for a month. From there, he matches up with the very average cornerback Aaron Colvin. 
The diminutive Dorsett is not going to be like an end zone target. He's not going to be like Gronk where you throw into the end zone. But he is fast and small, and I could see him spring and free crazy for long good games. Uh, really good footwork. And that's, I yeah. could see him springing a, a short, turning short passes into long gains. Footwork gets you a lot of fantasy points. Philip, yards, after, point. yards after P- the catch. PPFW league. Uh, Philip Dorsett, C grade in this one. Uh, we're going to leave Cordell Patterson on the bench. Uh, but there, if you're feeling ballsy in a deep league, go for it. <laughs> Why not? He's going to be on the field a lot in this game and they'll use him all over the field, including, mark my words, he'll get a carry in this game. Sure. Daryl Patterson, and maybe more than one. Uh, all right, let's go to uh, let's go to the running game. Rex Burkhead, B start. Everybody's scared to death of the Patriots runners, but when they hit, they hit big. And Burkhead is going to get is going to get the bulk of the work in this game. Sony Michelle likely doesn't even factor in much if he does play at all as a rookie who missed the whole preseason. I think he if he plays, he's going to be like a five touch guy, perhaps. Jeremy Hill's likely to be a goal line threat, but still, they could use Burkhead there as well. Now, J.J. Watt's back from last year. If you missed last year, Jadavion Clowney is a very good run stopper. Those are things that worry me a little bit. Uh, They held New England to just 39 rushing yards in last year's matchup, so that's the only reason I've got a B grade instead of an A grade on Rex Burkhead. Um, Burkhead did not play in last year's uh, edition of this matchup. James White, is he's a dart throw every week, including this one. His average game last year, because James White's rostered in every league, and I don't understand it, and I never ranked him high in my preseason ranking. No, he was like going in like the tenth round yes, of NFL ten. I don't, 10. I don't understand was, this. Yeah, it was crazy. Here's your average game, just typical game from James White from last year: twelve rushing yards, four receptions, and thirty receiving yards. That's to me is the definition of a guy that you pick up on your bye week off the waiver wire, just so you get some points out of the position. That's it. You got it, by the way, and 0.2 touchdowns per game. You have a 1 in 5 chance of getting a touchdown out of, out of James White. I don't like those odds. Texans did not, um, Texans did not allow a running back receiving touchdown over the last 11 games of last year. Wow. So, you know, all the trends on James White are bad. He's a C, he is a, he gets a bench grade. When we come back, take a chance on me. Nine players upon whom you can take a chance with your roster. Hopefully you don't need it already. <laughs> but just in case you do, this is really almost more like a waiver wire bit going into week one. We'll tell you who they are when we come back. This is Fantasy Football Weekly, presented by Greenbelt Premium on the fan. Your neighbor hung a green and gold flag on their porch, which is unacceptable to any Minnesota Vikings fan. So what do you do? You buy the tallest flagpole allowed by the FAA and the largest Vikings flag to go with it. Because you won big playing the new Viking Scratch Games from the Minnesota Lottery. And with a top prize of up to $100,000, how you spend your winnings is up to you. Yes, it pays to be a fan. Minnesota Lottery. I'm in. Must be 18 or older to play. You're listening to The Fan. Welcome back. It's Fantasy Football Weekly on The Fan. Time to take a chance on me. And the one time all year we get the regular version of Take a Chance on Me is Week One. You're so pleased with ABBA. I am. I am very <laughs> pleased. And... An ongoing thank you to John Tuvey, who uh, left us beho- left behind discs worth of various crazy versions of Take a Chance on Me. Yeah. 
which is fantastic. Thanks, We've got a Harry. whole new disc this year, Ooh. which I think is going to be No Chipmunks version. I'm cautiously optimistic. I don't know what's on it. Did he I'm send cautiously- in a new one? No, he <laughs> left behind a new one. So that's fantastic. Uh, take a chance on me, nine players not normally in your starting lineup, beginning at the quarterback position, and Scott Fish. So mine is far less about the matchup, which is middle of the road against the Panthers, but Dak Prescott is unreal with Zeke in the lineup. I, I didn't notice this until this just, just this last week, but Dak Prescott with Zeke in the lineup averages eight fantasy points per game more than out of the lineup, 22.5. In with Zeke in, 14.4 out. Mm-hmm. Uh, 40 touchdowns, 10 interceptions with Zeke. Five touchdowns to seven interceptions without Zeke. Uh, he's fourth in fantasy points per game over the last two years. Fourth in the NFL when Zeke is in the lineup. Zeke's back in the lineup. I don't know where those are. I think he's uh, going to be a 225, 250 yards and a couple touchdowns guy this week. And he has a 20, 20 to 30 yard floor rushing every week. All right. You know how I feel about Dak. He was one of my sleepers for the year. Love our him. preseason shows. Matt. I've got Case Keenum going up against that vaunted Seattle defense that lost the following starters from 2017. <laughs> Byron Maxwell, Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor from the secondary. Mm-hmm. Earl Thomas just reported to camp a couple of days ago. And on the D-line, they also lost Michael Bennett, Cliff Averill, and Sheldon Richardson. So for all of you who took Seattle's team defense because of years of great play, this ain't the same squad. No. Even if it was, it was falling apart last year. Over the last four weeks of 2017, Seattle allowed, allowed an average of 27.5 points. And all Keenum does was, did was throw for multiple touchdown passes in six of his last nine regular season games last year. They're going to unleash their new toy in Denver. Indeed they will. I, I like him a lot this week. Uh, I've got Sam Bradford. The Redskins secondary is in shambles. They dealt away their best coverage corner, Kendall Fuller, in that Alex Smith trade. He um, And they still have Josh Norman, but he's not the shutdown corner he used to be. He is a guy you can get something done on, and he actually only graded on Pro Football Focus in the 60s, Josh Norman did. Opposite him is somebody called Quinton Dunbar, who I had to look up and figure out what he was all about. Also, totally ordinary cornerback. Meanwhile, Sam Bradford's got two elite receivers to throw to. Larry Fitzgerald heading to the Hall of Fame and David Johnson, arguably the best pass-catching running back in the NFL. Both have A-grade match, a matchups in this game. Sam Bradford's a triggerman for both of them. Sam Bradford. Two Viking quarterbacks. Is, is take a chance on me, quarterbacks. How about that? All right. Teddy Bridgewater's our third guy. Let's go to the running back <laughs> position. Scott. Uh I have Jordan Wilkins. It's starting to worry me that Marlon Mack keeps practicing now because without Marlon Mack playing or if he's limited, Jordan Wilkins is easily going to be be the lead dog there. He may share with Christian Michael a little, but I'm not too worried about that. Cincinnati was bottom 10 in tackles for loss and yards per carry last year. Vontaze Perfect is weirdly suspended. It's no. Crazy. It's crazy he's suspended. Hard to believe. And the... And, uh, the Bengals allowed the most rushing attempts, or the second, yeah, no, the most rushing attempts per game last year. Matt. I got Tariq Cohen. You remember last season's two, <laughs> week one? Two darling <laughs> running backs in September? Yeah. One was Matt Nagy's old running back, Kareem Hunt. The other was his new running back, Tariq Cohen, who tallied 24 receptions over the first four weeks of the season. Then John Fox inexplicably worked him out of the game plan for the rest of the year. Go figure. Last year, by percentage, the Bears running backs had the third highest share of team receptions on a per-team basis. 34% of the receptions last season went to running backs. And Cohen could fill a role similar to Tyreek Hill in this offense as like a weapon X kind of player that lines up in the backfield and the slot. Packers also gave up the 8th most receptions and the 11th most receiving yards to running backs last year. 
Chris Thompson is my guy, not just for this game, but for this season. And uh, if you planted that flag, I've repeatedly planted that flag. And I tweeted this yesterday, and I'll repeat it here. If there's one affordable trade you can make right now that I don't think will be very affordable in the next couple of weeks, go get Chris Thompson right now. You don't have to give much to get him. Um, I somebody on Twitter said they just traded Pierre Garcon to get him. I wow! Mean, you can you know you don't have to give a lot no. to get Chris Thompson right now, and I think his values he's only going to get more expensive as he gets healthier throughout the season. Uh, side note for this week in this matchup, uh, by the way, not even on the injury report, didn't play all preseason as he got as he got healthier on that leg. Not on the injury report, full steam ready to go. Jay Gruden, his head coach, said Thompson looks fantastic. That was the quote. Arizona is the opponent. They allowed the seventh most running back receptions last year. And in the week 15 matchup between the Redskins and the Cardinals, they played each other just three games ago. Capri Bibbs in a replacement role for Chris Thompson, 47 receiving yards and a touchdown. If Capri Bibbs can do it, Chris Thompson can do it. <laughs> Thompson, remember, at the point of his injury in your league was roughly RB12. When he went down last November, go get him. All right, let's go to the receivers and tight ends. For me, I have Kenny Stills because that's a big surprise. I love Kenny Stills. You probably drafted him as your wide receiver four or five, but I think it's a good week to start him. Mm -hmm. He uh, plays Tennessee, but mostly he was a top 30 wide receiver two years in a row. Had nine touchdowns with Tannehill in 2016. Nine times. Nine times he scored. (laughs) Uh, 239 vacated targets, 40 red zone, 14 red zone touchdowns vacated, and he's the only receiver wide receiver or tight end, that has caught a pass from Ryan Tannehill in an NFL game. There's going to be some chemistry there. I think there will be chemistry there. All right, hold on. We need. I need my uh, I need my, my, my button bar volume turned up, Sean. No, not that. <laughs> Although we should be playing that still. Yes, we should be repeating. Still, that should still be playing. We're just enjoying the silence here. Nine times. Nine times. There's there our nine times. I should have kept you all up coming together now, Sean. Perfect, all right, Matt. Mine's really deep, and nobody's going to start this guy. It's Nick Vanette. Yes, I love right. Nick Vanette. Nobody's, nobody's going to start it. I he's, love Nick Vanette. He's the tight end for Seattle. Uh, Ed Dixon out this week, but he's more of a blocking tight end anyway. Correct. Nick Vanette is the receiving tight end. Jimmy Graham departed along with his insane amount of red zone targets and eight touchdowns right. from the six yard line in. The only receiving tight end is 6'6", Nick Vanette, who has only 15 career catches over two seasons. Vanette led all tight ends at the 2016 Scouting Combine in both the 20-yard and 60-yard shuttle, so he's good out of his cuts. It's worth noting that the one hole Denver has had in their defense for years has been against the tight end. Denver has allowed over 900 yards to the tight end position in six straight seasons. To give you an idea how much that is, that's bottom 10 every season for six straight years. He also allowed nine times worth of touchdowns to that position last year. That nine was tied. Times. Nine times. That was tied for fourth most. Nick Vanette. Tyler Eifert. I'm going tight end as well. Uh, you may remember Tyler Eifert from his healthy games. His last 20 <laughs> healthy starts. His average game, 50 yards receiving and 0.9 touchdowns. He's almost a touchdown a game. Point nine times? Zero. <laughs> Zero point nine times. Wow. Uh, The Colts finished 28th in touchdowns allowed to tight ends a year ago, and an opposing they let an opposing tight end score in eight different games, including the likes of Luke Wilson, Jeff Hewerman, and Max Williams. If they can score against the Colts, so can Tyler Eifert. Let's work in one matchup into this segment as well. 
And that is Jacksonville taking on the New York Giants. Matt, for Jacksonville, we already know to start Leonard Fournette. A start, A grade, I'm sure. Absolutely. Talk to me more about the passing game. Uh, there's not much in the passing game. I gave Blake Bortles like a C start if mm-hmm. you're in a two-quarterback league. Because if not now, when? The Giants allowed 32 passing touchdowns last season. If you're counting at home, that's exactly two per game. That's the most in the NFL. They also allowed the third most passing yards. So if you're not going to start Blake Bortles now, there's never any reason to ever start him again. Uh, yet got, only a C grade. Uh, yet only a C grade. That's how much I believe in Blake Bortles. Not at all. Uh, Keelan Cole, D.D. Westbrook, Dante Moncrief. I've got all those guys on the bench. There's too many uninspiring names here. Cole is the guy I like the best. but For sure. Mm-hmm. He and Moncrief play the outside. They're most likely to draw the coverage of Janoris Jenkins. Jenkins is actually a good cornerback. So I want to play this, let this play out for a few weeks before I commit to starting any of these guys. And Austin Safarian Jenkins, he was on the injury report a little bit, taken off the injury report actually today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I gave him a C grade earlier. It was going to be Charges Take a Chance on Me guy. But if you're not familiar with the Giants, they did give up a league-high 13 touchdowns to the tight end last year. And if the preseason is any indication, they didn't improve either. Their first-team defense allowed two touchdowns to David Njoku a few weeks ago. They're just a terrible tight end defense. On the other side, Saquon Barkley gets a B. He's going to get 20 touches. He's going to get five receptions. And if the Giants score a touchdown, it will likely be Saquon. And I'll remember, the Jags aren't completely unbeatable on defense. The 49ers scored 44 points against them in Week 16, mm-hmm. which included a combined 128 rushing yards and two touchdowns from the Matt Breida-Carlos Hyde combination. Yep. The Steelers scored 42 points against the Jags in the divisional round. Le'Veon Bell torched them two touchdowns and 155 total yards. I love Saquon in this matchup. Still. I think he's sneaky good in this matchup. Yep. I agree with you there. Uh, Odell Beckham, I'm giving you a C this week. If you would ever Ooh. consider benching Beckham, this is the time against Jalen Ramsey. It sounds like the Giants may try running Beckham out of the slot to try to avoid Ramsey, but the reason he's not on the bench, stud receivers have beaten Ramsey in the past. DeAndre Hopkins, 80 yards and a touchdown. Antonio Brown topped 132 yards twice in two meetings. Had two touchdowns in that playoff game. So I got Beckham as a C. Yeah, my number 22 wide receiver this week, Beckham. Yeah, there we go. Um, Evan, uh, first game back off, you know, what is ultimately a long layoff with yeah, the ankle. It was so, a yes. pretty long layoff. Um, Evan Ingram, I got a B grade on because the Jaguars faced nobody at tight end last year. <laughs> okay. The best two tight ends they faced, and I kid you not, were Delaney Walker mm-hmm. and Ricky Seals-Jones. Jeez. Ricky Seals-Jones had 72 yards and a touchdown against them. They didn't give up anything to the tight end last year, but that's because they played no one. Interesting. Evan okay. Ingram is good. I like so, this angle. Um, I'm giving him a B. He was uh, second in the NFL among tight end targets last year. But Sterling Shepard and Eli Manning, they're on the bench. They're probably not in your lineup anyway, and you won't play them against the Jags. When we come back, another set of matchups, including Cincinnati Bengals at Indianapolis Colts. We'll tell you if you dare start Andy Dalton in this one when we come back. Tonight at 6.30, the Minnesota Gophers host the Fresno State Bulldogs on the radio home of the Gophers. FM 100.3 KFAN, the fan. Fantasy Football Weekly on the fan. Final segment of our number one. And a reminder that I've created a free week one contest you can play at Fanball. No cost to you whatsoever. $5,000 prize pool. Go to fanball.com slash radio. It's your, literally your last day to do this. 
Fanball.com slash radio, $5,000 prize pool. Uh, no strings attached, just create a, create a roster for week one. It'll put $5 in your account, and you spit you into a $5 game, to yes. be clear. Yes. Just in case so you're you will find You will find $5 has been magically added to your account, yeah. and go put it in this game, because this game's got a $5,000 prize pool. There you go. All right, let's go. Uh, let's continue on with our matchups, beginning with Cincinnati at Indianapolis Colts. Scott, earlier I said that Buffalo-Baltimore might be the most lopsided game. This one might be the second most lopsided game. Yeah, I think 90% of the public money is coming in on Cincinnati on this Probably. game, which is crazy. Uh, I love everyone for the Bengals in this game. I think it's going to be a, a just just outmatched. The defense for the Colts is just terrible. Uh, on the passing side, they're bottom five in most categories last year. Passing yards allowed, most yards allowed, etc. I have an A grade on Andy Dalton. Marvin Lewis, like wa- it. Marvin Lewis wants to emphasize the deep ball more. Uh, the Colts were third worst in pressure rate last year, which means Dalton's going to have time yep. to throw those deep balls. Uh, I, I love him in this game. My a number grade. eight quarterback. I'm with you on this. Absolutely. Colts 30- and, and A.J. Green goes without saying. Oh, A.J. Green, A grade as well. Uh, I don't even know, need to go into it. No. A, obvious A grade. I'm actually giving John Ross, who who had some flash plays in the preseason. I did. I'm giving him a C grade. Uh it, just because he's really, really risky, but one out of every five completions against the Colts last year went for over 20 yards. 20% of the completions against the Colts were over 20 yards. How about that? That's John Ross right there. Eifert was your take on, so obviously we like him. Take a chance on me, tight end. Love him. Yeah, Joe Mixon. Love him again here. Uh, Colts bottom six in yards allowed and touchdowns allowed to running backs last year. They've uh, upped their offensive line with Cordy Glenn and Billy Price. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Colts have allowed the second most rushing attempts per game last year. The <laughs> game script should be in Joe Mixon's favor For as they sure. lead. Yep. Uh, he had 91 yards receiving against the Colts last year, so that's great. Uh, Joe Bernard, I'm actually benching. I, I almost gave a C grade too, but I, I'm so in on Joe Mixon that yep. I'm, I want to see the usage first. Agreed. Over to the other side of the ball, Andrew Luck, I'm benching. I, Me too. I had a C grade on him, and I'm like, nope. I just can't do it. I need to see him throw like a deeper ball first, and the Bengals were top 10 against the pass. Yep. Wilkins was my take on, but in that passing game, everyone kind of gets downgraded because of my my worry there. Uh, Hilton, I'm giving a B grade. I know he averages an extra catch and 20 more yards per game indoors than he does outdoors. Mm -hmm. And this is indoors. He averages 5 for 80 indoors. He averages 15.9 fantasy points per game with luck. I love all that, but I'm still giving him a B because I'm worried about luck. I agree. Ebron, I'm not touching still. But Jack Doyle... I'm giving a C grade. I would give Blew him up in this matchup last year. Jack yeah. Doyle did. Yep, exactly. He's had 183 targets in the last two years. Uh, with luck, with Andrew Luck in 2016, he had at least three catches and 30 yards, so basically a six point PPR floor in 11 of the 16 games with luck. I think he's got a nice safe floor, but again, I'm so worried about the about the Colts. So. When Doyle, when these teams met last year, Doyle's line, yeah, 12 receptions, 121 Unreal. yards, and a touchdown. Unreal. <laughs> Yeah, if it, unless Eric Ebron snipes him, which is possible, that, that's based on we saw in the preseason, Doyle should be sitting out a very good game. Yeah, I gave him a C grade. I actually had it a B for a while, but with Ebron there, with uh, Luck's arm, I, there's a little bit of concern. Niners take on the Vikings here locally. Let's start on the Niners side. We only have starting grades on two players. First, let's start with Jimmy Garoppolo, who gets a C grade. And I'll bump him up to a B if Xavier Rhodes doesn't play. And I think this still, this thing is still in coin flip territory on Xavier Rhodes uh, playing in this game. If uh, if he does not go, let's give a B to Jimmy Garoppolo. He should be under siege all day. The Vikings don't need to respect the Niners' running game. 
and they have adv- they have personnel advantages across the line of scrimmage on every single spot. If um, I worry that Garoppolo is going to be uh, under siege all game. The Vikings allowed the fewest touchdown passes last year, the second fewest passing yards. C grade on Jimmy Garoppolo here, and then his own, the only other starter is Marquise Goodwin. This is going he's going to match up on a speed versus speed matchup with Trey Waynes now. We saw Goodwin roast the Vikings secondary in the preseason last year. Um, I'd like to think, I'm sure they watched that tape a little bit. I'd like to think that the Vikings will be able to stop it, but maybe not. Goodwin's the go-to receiver for this team, and this is still a matchup in which we've seen Trey Waynes get, you know, he does get burned from time to time. Maybe this is a good matchup for Goodwin. I have a B grade on him. Uh, if Rhodes doesn't go. I'll elevate Pierre Garcon off the bench, and we'll give him a C or a B grade. That's about it for anybody else I'd want to use. So if if Rhodes doesn't go, then you hope that Mackenzie Alexander's healthy enough to go. If neither one can go, Pierre Garcon's matchup falls to, like, rookie Holton Hill getting his first start ever. Um, maybe Mike Hughes was is it spent the whole preseason playing out of the slot. Would they kick him outside and not have him play the slot? I, the whole thing gets real ugly, and Pierre Garçon, if if neither one, if both Rhodes and McKenzie don't go, gets real interesting. Alfred Morrison and Matt Breed are both on the bench. Vikings stellar against the run last year, allowing eight, eight just 83 rushing yards per game, second fewest in the league. Breida and Morris are going to split carries. Fullback Kyle Juszczyk will get the reception, so I don't like either one of them here at all. George Kittle also on the bench. Vikings elite fantasy tight uh, defense against the tight end. Let's go to the Vikings side. Steph Diggs is a A grade here. San Francisco allowed at least 75 yards to a wide receiver in each of their last four matchups and overall ranked 22nd in yards allowed to wide receivers. He will get the majority of his snaps uh, by field positioning against Richard Sherman, who always plays one side of the field. Most of Diggs' snaps are on that right side of the field, like the Minneapolis Miracle as one example. Mm. So they'll test Sherman, who's trying to get his first game back off the Achilles injury. But if for any reason Sherman's particularly good, all you have to do to get Diggs open is move him to the other side of the field. So <laughs> one way or another, I think Diggs gets a good matchup here. He's an A grade. Thielen's a B grade running predominantly from the slot. That means he has a positive matchup against Quan Williams. And if the preseason is any indication that we saw a lot of cousins to Diggs, not as much cousins to Thielen, I assume that'll come back here. Still a B grade, and I do like him. 49ers bring back the same secondary that allowed the 11th most fantasy points to wide receivers last year. Kirk Cousins also a B grade. He faced the 49ers last year while with Washington. 330 yards and two touchdowns, and he chipped in a rushing touchdown on top of that. Sounds good to me. I would take that in this game in a heartbeat. Let's hope it goes that way. And... Also from the passing game, Kyle Rudolph, a C start here. 49ers were good against tight ends. They finished in the top half of receptions and gave up the fourth fewest yards to opposing tight ends last year. Dalvin Cook gets a B start, B grade. Remember, at the time of his injury last year, only two players had more yards from scrimmage than he had. Todd Gurley and Kareem Hunt. So that's pretty good company. In the first 11 weeks of last year, when San Francisco was losing all their games and they were playing from behind, they were giving up 130 yards per game. They got dramatically better when Jimmy Garoppolo was staking them to leads, but I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to do that here. So if they're going to give up 130 yards per game, I want Dalvin Cook in part of that 130. Let's go to uh, another matchup, and that is Tampa Bay taking on the New Orleans Saints. Matt, <clears throat> on Tampa Bay's side, 
There's not a lot to like, I'll be honest. There's not. darn good Saints defense. I've got one starting grade, and it's a C grade, and it's the it's for Mike Evans. Last year in three games with Ryan Fitzpatrick, who we call Stew Beard, but in New Orleans we call him Gumbo Beard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I'm gonna, you know, I might take that. Yeah, there Gumbo you go. Beard. Now, Brian helped me think that one up. I like it. Um, with Gumbo Beard, he had five catches for 92 yards, six catches for 78 yards, three catches for 95 yards, and a touchdown. So that's mm. good. Okay. But against the Saints, Mike Evans had 68 total yards in two games against Marshawn Lattimore. That's it. Now, the game script favors Tampa being down by a ton in this game. I would think And then so. just having to throw. So that's why I gave Mike Evans the C grade. The rest of the passing game is on the bench. Chris Godwin, Deshaun Jackson, Brate Howard. I don't want any yeah. of those guys. Um, the other thing we got to think about is Peyton Barber, who's the starter. I gave him a bench grade. He was actually the lead ball carrier in both games against the Saints last year. Had 71 yards and a touchdown in one games, but only 11 for 34 in the other. That's the game script. How many touches is he going to get is what worries me. He's not going to get that many touches. And, And Ronald Jones Jr., just a reminder, he's on your bench and probably dropped off your roster right now. Over to the Saints side, easy A for Drew Brees. Although he hasn't topped 300 yards against the Bucks since 2015, that was kind of interesting. Mm. Don't care. Alvin and Brent Grimes may not play. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Alvin Kamara gets an easy A grade. He just torched the Bucks last year. I imagine he's your number one running back this week. Uh, my number one running back this week is Alvin Kamara. There we go. Uh, Michael Thomas getting an A grade. If Brent Grimes doesn't play... Well, A plus grade. A plus grade. But yeah. if he does play, he's still six inches taller than Brent Grimes. He's never scored a touchdown against the Bucks, but he has yardage totals of 98, 65, and 94. Mm-hmm. The rest of the passing game on the bench Ben Watson, Ted Ginn, Cameron Meredith, Traquan Smith. Traquan Smith had a captivating preseason. Cameron Meredith had 72 yards and a score in the week four finale of the preseason. Should man the slot. I just want to see what happens before I commit to starting any of these guys. And you got better guys that you're playing anyway. Mm-hmm. And then Mike Gillisley signed this week. And I know that there was a lot of steam on this show about let's start Jonathan Williams. Yeah. There was Mark from Ingram me, role. mostly from yeah. me. Yes. And, and now Mike Gillisley fills that role, but he's only been there for seven days. Yeah. So I don't want to do it. So totally I'm leaving agree. him on the bench. Yep, that sounds good. Uh, Brent Grimes, doubtful groin injury. By far the best player in their secondary for Tampa. This Drew Brees is, and that passing is offense is sitting on a 40 giant 40 points game. for the Saints. It could game. be. It really could be. Saints are going to be, oh, they're darn, they're a good team overall. We need to take a break. When we come back, three hot questions, formerly five hot questions. We're cutting it down to three because we got 15 games to get through. <laughs> we just don't have enough time. So for once, you're finally going to go 100% on the, you, you the think I will finally do it? First time ever. Okay. Welcome back to the show, hour number two of week one, Fantasy Football Weekly. We are T-minus 25 hours from kickoff of NFL football. Oh, I can't Beyond wait. just Thursday's game. Exciting. Which is fantastic. Yeah, very excited for that. This is a bit we like to call Hot Questions. We're cutting it down to three this week. Tavani's hot question number one. At halftime last Thursday, you could have traded Jay Ajayi for a jar of mayo left out in the Sahara Desert since 1993. <laughs> By the end of the game, he had scored twice and, and run into two-point conversion. Which half 
is closer to the JHI we're going to see for the rest of the year? The first half or the second half? So will the real JHI please, please stand, stand up? up? Scott. The second half, but that'll probably be closer to his game totals. I think he's going to be a 15-touch-a-game uh, running back. That's what I've been saying all offseason. I'm a little happier with the TD upside. I was worried about the touchdown upside this year uh, because of what he didn't have last year uh, inside the five. But I have a theory on his usage that he was still dealing with that foot injury, and the Eagles were hubris enough to believe that they didn't have to use Ajayi. Right. And then all three other running backs Failed. Mi- missed pass-blocking assignments <laughs> and were ineffective. Ajayi came in, perfect pass-blocking on his first play. He had to keep playing. All right. I think to keep with Charch's condiment theme, the Eagles oh, like realized that, that uh, Darren Sproles wasn't cutting the mustard uh, Ooh, nice. on the goal line. Yes. So I... I that was the the evident thing when I was watching that game is Darren Sproles is not a goal line running back. <laughs> Breaking news after 15 years. I, why did they the keep league? handing him the ball near I, the stripe? It made no sense. So I think it's the second half Jay Ajayi for sure. It's the second half Jay Ajayi, if only because they just don't have enough other talent at the position. And he was the single best part of their entire offense yep. in that game. Passing passers, receivers, anybody. He was probably the best. He was the best player on the field, maybe, and he ran harder than all the other runners. JJ's second half will be closer to reality. Giovanni's hot question number two. Barring a last-minute change, twenty-four hours from now, Le'Veon Bell will have missed the first game of the year. Today, right now, should his owner sell or hold Le'Veon Bell, Matt? If you believe the weather, there's no way Le'Veon Bell can get to that stadium. He's going to have to fly through a monsoon. <laughs> That's right. So he's, arc. he's not playing. Um, and I, by the way, I'll mention this as a side note. Most teams start their traveling yeah, in about they, two hours. They travel to the next destination for road games, I, I know and this is a road game. San Francisco too. traveled to Minnesota yesterday. Yeah. So they, they travel either Friday or Saturday. So, yeah. Um, I'm holding Le'Veon Bell. I actually own him in a league, and in kind of... Kicking the tires on some trades. I know you won't get value for him unless you're trading him with James Conner. And if you have James Conner, you already got the key to the city here because you have the starting running back combination behind arguably one of the best offensive lines in the league with a great quarterback and passing game. It would be insane to sell low on Le'Veon Bell right now. Scott. I'm holding. He led the NFL in touches per game last year. Uh, I think even if he comes back week six, he could he could easily make up for whatever you miss. If you can weather the storm until he comes back, if you think he's going to come back, I think he'll come back at some point this season. I'd rather weather the storm and take the massive amount of volume he's going to get in the second half. Yeah, you're both so wrong. His average draft position <laughs> this week, when everybody knew, but you know all this is brewing. Le'Veon Bell's average draft position is still the middle of the first round. You said so I was going to per- get them all right. There is a perceived value out there that he's still an elite running back, so you can shop him for an elite running back. And let's talk about his disaster scenario here, because it's very real, that he holds out 10 games. This is the worst case. Yeah, Disaster scenario, holds out 10 games, because he's got to play the final six games to accrue. to accrue a year of service so that he can hit free agency next year. But... By then, the Steelers are, you know, by week, by the way, that's week 12. By week 12, you know, the Steelers could easily be 9 and 3, 10 and 2 with James Conner. And James Conner's established as the starter, and Bell doesn't even get full reps at that point. That's a real scenario out there. Now, that's worst case. Let's talk probable case. He misses this game. 
week one. Why would he come back in week two? He's, he's planted his flag in the ground. I'm not. I'm not coming back. So you can grind me up and pay me too little, and you, you abuse me. If why would he come back? If he's not playing week one, why would he come back week two? He's why would come he come back. back week three? The only reason to come <laughs> back is in is when he needs those six games of service, and that's week. That's literally the week twelve game. Or James Conner goes for two hundred yards in a game, and he goes, oh. Better get back in camp. It won't matter. And if James Conner does, Bell comes back to, at best, a mixed timeshare now because Conner's (laughs) apparently very good in this scenario. Right answer, sell, baby, sell. (laughs) Devani's hot question number three. It was a disheartening preseason for Andrew Luck. Should owners just flat out cut him right now, Scott? No, 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 no. We're talking about a guy who in the last four years has been a QB2 and a QB4. I still think he has has the potential to be a top 12 quarterback this year. Uh, I, I I broke my leg once, and I didn't run immediately on it. I slowly came back. Luck, by the end of the season, is going to be slinging it. And also, I'm old enough to remember when people were yelling to cut Brady and cut Russell Wilson. And, and, and both, both of those were terrible calls. We're not cutting Andrew Luck. All right, Matt. Oh, absolutely. Cut him now. No, just kidding. Uh, you have to wait and see. Uh, maybe the Colts were just playing it coy with him in the preseason. Maybe they know some things that we don't. If his arm is okay, he's still got the rushing ability that made him a, a great dual-threat quarterback. And remember, they added some good pieces to that offensive line to help keep him upright. He's got two good tight ends. He's got T.Y. Hilton. Don't cut him. Wait and see. At least a couple of weeks. But if his average air yards are under 10 yards... That's when you start cutting them. In this preseason, Luck only threw these little, soft, adorable passes. (laughs) Oh, they were so cute at three yards a pass. I need my quarterback unleashing lasers around the field. Patrick Mahomes. I want Patrick Mahomes. (laughs) I want the old Andrew Luck before the injury. When am I going to get that guy? Is it week one? Not based on anything I saw in the preseason. Is it week five? Maybe. Is it week 15? I don't know. I'm not sitting on Andrew Luck for that long, <laughs> oh. waiting and hoping his arm oh, finally you, comes around. You did it, And Church. passing on. This is a reverse jinx. You have yeah, luck in Andrew, a league. And Andrew Luck is going to be awesome now. You just I, told everybody to cut him. He might be. <laughs> Maybe. He's got to show so much better than anything that we saw in the preseason. Meanwhile, I can go get help a lot of different places. Andy Dalton is not rostered in half of leagues. I would much rather go to war with Andy Dalton and knowing what I've got than Andrew Luck and just hoping to God he gets back to his old self before, I don't know, the end of the year. I'm not holding a guy that long. I'm dropping Andrew Luck right now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Let's move on. Tennessee Titans take on the Miami Dolphins. Scott, uh, the Titans, speaking of bad preseason, uh, you know, Andrew Lux was bad. The whole Tennessee offense is they're trying to install a brand new offense, new scheme. Matt LaFleur is a new offense coordinator. All look bad, but it's the Dolphins, so we got opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. Despite the bad preseason, I'm giving, going to the passing game, I'm giving Mariota a C. The Dolphins allowed 225 yards passing and a touchdown. 13 of their last 16 games of the 16 games last year. So I think that's a pretty safe floor for Mariota, who can add some rushing yards to it as well. 
His receivers, though, I don't love. Miami was top five against wide receivers, fifth fewest wide receiver touchdowns, and only seven wide receivers in those 16 games, top 75 yards. Mm. I'm giving Corey Davis a C because I think he's the best weapon there. He's been lining up all over in the preseason. In the slot, he's got a major advantage if he lines up there because that's where he was best at Western Michigan, uh, Central Michigan. Uh, Rashard Matthews just coming, just coming back uh, from injury here. I, I'm benching him. I don't know what we're going to expect from him. Where I love the passing game is Delaney Walker. Yes. Should be healthy. Dolphins allowed the second most yards and second most touchdowns to tight ends last year. Uh, he's he's going to be Mariota's little whoopee there. I think that I think that that's an A play for me. My number two ranked tight end yeah. this, this week behind Gronk. Yeah, really Delaney love Walker. him. Uh, for, for the running game... Man, Vrabel makes it hard. I, I don't know what to expect, but I'm going to give both starting grades. Henry a B, touchdown upside. All of the Miami linebackers are smaller than Henry, and Miami was bottom 10 against fantasy running backs last year. They also allowed the fourth most receptions to running backs, which makes me think Lewis might be a, a sneaky little C starter there. Mm. Over to the Miami side, Oh, man, Tannehill's got, Tannehill, I hate him, but he's got such a great matchup against a Titans team that was bottom 10 against quarterbacks, and they're missing their pass rushers, Derek Morgan and Harold Landry, for this one. Mm. Uh, he's never been a guy with high pass attempts, but I'm still going to give him a C grade just because the matchup is so tasty, and quarterbacks were so good against against the the, the Titans last year. Uh, Stills was my take on. Amendola also giving a C grade. The uh, the Tennessee Titans allowed the fourth most slot touchdowns and the ninth most slot receptions last year. Amendola is going to play out of the slot. It's a C grade. I don't love it, but they had some good chemistry in preseason. Not touching the tight ends. Gasecki only had one catch in the preseason. Cannot trust that yet. I'm not trusting Frank Gore yet. Uh, Kenyon Drake, I am giving a B grade to, though, on, on the running game. I just think he's going to get the volume. A lot. I think he's going to get... Borderline workhorse volume. Uh, he was top five in pass protection last year by PFF, which is going to keep him on the field. Mm-hmm. Do we all agree you can drop Frank Gore? I dropped him in one Probably. league. Probably. I, I never picked him up. Yeah, I only had him in one league. <laughs> by the way, Kenyon Drake, great pass catcher. The Titans allowed the most receiving yards and the most receiving touchdowns to running backs last year. How about that? Yeah, that's I'll, a nice angle. The too. only thing Frank Gore does is make Kenyon Drake's value murky. Yeah. That's, that, right, that's yeah. all he's doing there. I agree. Uh, and it probably shouldn't be so murky. Yeah, I've been the guy that said I've I've said that Gore's done for years. I think he will not be a meaningful contributor to the my offense. son when he's in his twenties. Will be watching Frank okay. Gore. Still I, play. I hope you're wrong. Kansas City takes on the Chargers. Obviously, these teams are very familiar with each other. For Kansas City, the script should be a lot of Kareem Hunt. Get this: in the two meetings last year, Kareem Hunt put up 183 total yards and 206 total yards. That's an astounding two games for Kareem Hunt against the Chargers, and they're going to try to do that again here because the Chargers are a great pass defense, and that's why, and obviously Kareem Hunt is an A, that's why Patrick Mahomes slips down to a C in his, uh, what will be only a second NFL start in his first meaningful one. He started Week 17 in a meaningless game last year. Mahomes will be an all-or-nothing fantasy producer many weeks. I think it's a nothing this time. Chargers allowed the third-fewest Touchdown passes last year, fourth fewest passing yards last year, and then they added to that with a first round safety, Derwin James. So they they they're it's a fantastic secondary. Alex Smith last year was able to throw two touchdown passes um, in each of the games, but he only averaged 191 passing yards, and I don't 
I'm nervous about Mahomes here. C grade. I don't. I'm not ready to bench him yet, but a C grade here. Can he find Tyreek Hill who gets a B grade? Well, maybe. Uh, he should be going up against Desmond King, who is not the best of their cornerbacks, but he's still a good cornerback. And last year, he actually did pretty well. He had an 88-yard game of the touchdown and a 77-yard game of the touchdown. So we'll keep us B grade and Tyreek Hill. Uh, Sammy Watkins is on the bench. It's his third team in three seasons. Was hoping to see some preseason chemistry with Mahomes, but Mahomes didn't even look at him. Hardly threw to him at all. And I'm nervous about that, and I need to see more. Plus, he has a brutal matchup with Casey Hayward, elite cornerback. So Sammy Watkins is on the bench. Travis Kelsey, a C grade here. He's seen this team a lot, and the Chargers just own him. Over the past two seasons, Travis Kelsey's average game, 32 yards, zero touchdowns. That is it. So... Uh, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna be careful on Travis Kelsey with the C grade. Let's go to the, uh, Chargers side of this. Melvin Gordon, obvious A grade. Phillip Rivers, also an A grade, even though, and by the way, he's my number four quarterback overall this week. Did not fare well in this matchup last year, but that's when they had Marcus Peters on the field. They have no Marcus Peters. Eric Berry's, they thought, they thought Eric Berry's and his Achilles injury from last year would be ready to go. He's not gonna go in this game. So they're shorthanded at cornerback. They're shorthanded at safety. This looks like a great, great opportunity for Phillip Rivers. The new look chief secondary got roasted in the preseason by Matt Ryan, Chase Daniel, and Brandon Whedon when they played against the first stringers. Yikes. They were killing the Chiefs first string secondary in the preseason for whatever that's worth. I love Phillip Rivers. That means I love, uh, I love Keenan Allen as well. Um, of note, though, Kendall Fuller was the cornerback who came over to the Chiefs in the Alex Smith deal. He's a slot cornerback, and he's really good. Keenan Allen runs the majority of his routes out of the slot. He's the best. He's the one good. The one good player in the entire secondary for the Chiefs is slot cornerback Kendall Fuller, and that's who Keenan Allen gets for most of this game. I still have him as an A grade, and he won't play always in the slot. Keenan Allen never scored a touchdown against the Chiefs. Yeah, how about that? Weird, also huh? weird. I still have an A grade on Allen, yeah, but it's yeah. not a, like A plus like you'd think it necessarily would be. How about let's give Mike a, Mike Williams a startable grade right here, right off the Good. bat. Let's do Good. it. I like him here. He's got it's a perfect opportunity. He'll get one of those outside cornerbacks that's a, that are a disaster. Either Orlando Scandrick, who by the way has only ever played slot cornerback, they've kicked him outside, so he's effectively playing out of position. Steve Nelson is awful. Great matchups for Mike Williams here. The only thing working against Mike Williams last year's first rounder is they rotate Travis Benjamin in, Tyrell Williams in, uh, but Williams is the big-bodied guy who takes over red zone duty for Hunter and Gates, and I'm not starting Gates in his first game, first week, five days back with the team. He gets a, a bench grade for me. Moving on. Wait, do we have time to move on? No, we have time to take a break. We'll okay. take a break when we come back. Seattle takes on the Denver Broncos. We already told you that we like Case Keenum in this matchup and think he's a sneaky start. What about his receivers? We'll tell you who you can start when we come back. This is Fantasy Football Weekly, presented by Green Belt Premium on the fan. Fantasy Football Weekly, Paul Charchian, Scott Fish, Matt Harrison with you. 
If you haven't already played the free $5,000 contest we've set up for Week 1 at Fanball, please do that. It's the only way you can get there to this contest and this free deal is by going to fanball.com slash radio. You can't get this deal by going to the site. You can't get this. I'm not tweeting it out. This is just for our listeners. This is special just for you, listening audience. Fanball.com slash radio, $5,000 week one contest for free. It's a good deal. It is. All you have to do is literally just register and make your week one lineup. That's it. No strings attached. Let's move on through our matchups, beginning with... Seattle taking on the Denver Broncos. Matt, you already gave us Case Keenum as your take-a-chance-on-me quarterback. I assume automatically you like his receivers. Yeah, I got Emmanuel Sanders as a B, teetering mm-hmm. on an A almost. In the preseason, Sanders ran about two-thirds of his routes from the slot. And last se- season, Case Keenum targeted slot receivers 59% of the time. Yeah, baby. So that's a big one. And last year, Seattle gave up some big games to slot guys. Larry Fitzgerald had 113 yards. Nelson Aguilar had 141 and a score. Mm. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Demarius Thomas, I'm giving him a C, along with Cortland Sutton, um, also getting a C grade in this. The Seahawks do still have one decent corner. That's Shaq Griffin. Thomas is the better player, but he runs most of his routes at the left corner. That's Shaq Griffin. Seattle's corners don't switch sides, so he draws the toughest matchup in the game. And I'll talk a little bit more about Cortland Sutton in a later uh Later Both. segment. All right, sounds good. Uh, Royce Freeman, I got a B grade on, and it's teetering close to an A. He averaged 5.6 yards per carry in the preseason, and the Broncos ranked sixth in the league last year in rushing attempts. Freeman's a big dude. He's 6'0, 238. He's a power back. He's not Adrian Peterson, but he's in the mold of Adrian Peterson. Right. And the reason I bring him up is his offensive coordinator is Bill Musgrave. Who ran Adrian Peterson to into death. the ground? That's right. He yeah. averaged 23 touches per game when Adrian was uh, was uh, hooked up with Musgrave. I don't think that he'll get 23 touches per game, but 20 is not out of the realm of possibility. So I like Royce Freeman quite a bit. On the uh, Seattle side, Chris Carson and Rashad Penny are on the bench. We still believe that Carson has won the job, and Penny mixes in as the change of pace back. But for the, sure, they're running against the Denver defense that only allowed one back to top 100 yards in the final 11 games of the season. Only allowed four touchdowns to running backs over the final seven. And Seattle's red zone inefficiency last year oh, at the running back epic. position was awful. So I'm putting those guys on the bench. Doug Baldwin's getting a C grade. He's playing through a knee injury, likely for most of the season. He's facing off against Chris Harris, who by all accounts is still a shutdown corner. Yeah. And, so this is yeah. almost a bench grade for Doug Baldwin. I know. It's a tough one for him. And I like Baldwin on the season. I hate this matchup yep, for Baldwin, but you exactly know who I love. It. Tyler Lockett. Baby. Yeah, I, I gave oh, Lockett yeah. a C grade. I gave him a start. I normally wouldn't give Tyler Lockett a start, but he gets one. He gets to match up against a key. No, Tremaine Brock. That's, Tremaine Brock. That's not hard. Who wasn't good enough to see the field for like more than two snaps as a Viking last year. Yeah. And he's starting right now against Tyler Lockett in this game. I think you can lock it up that he'll get six catches in this Whoa. game. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Nick Vanette is my uh, starting tight end. He was my take a chance on me guy. Uh, and Russell Wilson, he gets a B. Again, if they can't run, this offense falls on the shoulders of Russell Wilson. He's going to do it with his feet. He's going to do it with his arm. And he just puts up numbers. So I kind of like Russell Wilson here. Uh, Scott, Dallas takes on Carolina. My big worry on Dallas was that we had Ezekiel Elliott's offensive line was in shambles. And, you know, we had all kinds of injuries and problems. It looks like four out of the five are going to be back. So I'm feeling a lot better about that offensive line. And Zeke's a no-brainer, right? No-brainer, A. It's a tough matchup against the Panthers, uh, who only allowed 200-yard rushers last season. But 
Zeke was second in the NFL in touches per game when he played. He's gonna he's gonna get 25, 30 touches in this game. Dak was my take a chance on me guy, mm-hmm. but his receivers, I don't know where it's going. Right. 30 don't here, 40 here, it. 20 here. Th- someone might get are 80. Those yards or receptions? Those are, are yards. Those, those are yards. Okay. But right. someone might get 80, but I don't know who it's going to be. Someone might get 30 this game. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> ben, ben, <laughs> yeah. Bench all the receivers. Zeke and, and Dak are the only startable ones. Yeah. Over on the Panthers' side, I'm giving Cam a B grade. The Cowboys were middle of the pack last season. They didn't really make any changes to the secondary. Uh, I'm not going to count uh, Week 17 because that was like no. a full Sudfeld game. But the 15 game, the 14 games prior to that, they gave up multiple touchdowns in 11 of them. Mm-hmm. So I like Cam and Cam rushed for over 50 yards nine times nine, last nine, year. Nine times. Nine times. Oh. Nine times. Nine times. <laughs> He's got a Nine great, times. great rushing floor. Uh, B grade for Cam. Funches, main guy, giving him a B grade as well. Mm-hmm. He scored or hit 100 yards in five of his final seven games. Cowboys allowed the second most touchdowns and the seventh most receptions to wide receivers. He's the only wide receiver I like. But tight ends, Greg Olson, A grade. Hurt a lot last year. But he saw 100-plus targets five years in a row before that. In his last four games last year, including the playoffs, nine point seven five targets per game. They threw to they threw and to in Olsen the pre, a in the ton pre-season. in the preseason. Yep, yeah, absolutely. A grade there. C.J. Anderson. I need to see his usage first before I even touch him. But uh, Christian McCaffrey, A grade. I think he's going to get huge volume. Played eighty nine percent of the first team snaps. He he was all over the field. Dallas bottom six in receptions and receiving yards to running backs. A grade for McCaffrey. Washington takes on Arizona. These teams played each other last year, and you'll hear me reference that a couple of times here. Let's start with the passing game for Washington. There's not a lot to talk about here. I had Alex Smith on the bench. A very pedestrian and uninspiring preseason for Alex Smith in Washington. It's his first game in a new system against a really good pass defense that features Patrick Peterson. I'm going to take a wait-and-see approach with Alex Smith. Only one quarterback hit 300 yards all year against Arizona last season. And in the second half of the year, Arizona only averaged one touchdown pass allowed per game. One. So, you roll that together. I'm not starting Alex Smith. That holds most of his receivers uh, down as well. Jamison Crowder gets a C grade here. He did put up, he did score a touchdown in the Week 15 meeting last year. He doesn't get Honey Badger out of the slot anymore. Crowder's a slot receiver. Honey Badger's gone. He's going to get Arizona's jack of all trades, Buda Baker. He's good though. He Buda is, Baker's he's, very he's, good. He's not bad, and you might even be as good as Honey Badger. Um, so it's a C grade on Jamison Crowder. I think there'll be passes there. Your best receiving option, though, Jordan Reed, hundred percent healthy. Enjoy it while you can. Uh, last year, <laughs> so Arizona for, for two quarters. <laughs> that's right. Arizona ranked uh, below average in receptions and touchdowns allowed to, to tight ends, and they'll need to cover Reed without Honey Badger, who did oftentimes pick up opposing good uh, tight ends. He won't be able to do that here. Um, he was injured for the Redskins meeting last year, so he didn't do, he didn't play, and then Vernon Davis did nothing in that matchup. So there isn't a lot of history to suggest that, that a great game is coming for Reed, but we'll just play him when he's healthy because he is he's a great tight end when he's healthy. Adrian Peterson. Revenge game. Re- a revenge game of sorts. <laughs> second I mean, Cardinals second year in a row. Yeah, that he opens with a revenge game. Great right. point. Week 16 yards game. last year. Yeah, no, Viking game. Notably, that. the Vikings were going to open with a revenge game against the running back for the second year in a row until Jerick McKinnon well, screwed it up. Point. Yeah, there's that too. Uh, in their two years, over the last two years, the Cardinals defense has allowed two running backs to top 100 rushing yards. That is it. Two 
run 100-yard games in the last two years. Wow. Last season, they gave up 3.5 yards per carry, third best in the league. The Cardinals' defensive personnel rolls over to this year almost entirely intact. Chris Thompson's going to catch all the pa- the catch all the balls, and I think he has a major factor in on this game. And he was already my take a chance on me player. Chris Thompson was so as you can tell, I don't like Adrian much. I think you're hoping for a goal line run. I have him as a barely capable C grade here. And frankly, if you bench him, I think you're probably going to be glad you did. Let's go to the Arizona side. I already told you that Sam Bradford was my take a chance on me quarterback. I love Larry Fitzgerald. An A grade here. When they met in um when they met in week fifteen of last year, it was only five catches for sixty yards. But keep in mind, Cardinals were starting Blaine Gabbert in that game. So we're just gonna throw that out. And what we know is that Larry Fitzgerald is not is gonna be running it from the slot, and he's gonna be with Kendall Fuller. I've mentioned a slot cornerback now like five times in the show. Without Kendall Fuller there for Washington, they're filling in with something called Fabian Moreau who's one of the worst-graded slot cornerbacks in the league last year. It's a great matchup for Fitzgerald. Obvious A grade for him, and an obvious A grade for David Johnson. We'll take a break. When we come back, our final set of matchups, premature speculation. Who are the three players you want to pick up today that everybody will be clamoring for next week, and you already got them? Find out when we come back. Plus, your calls and lightning round looming as well. This is Fantasy Football Weekly, presented by Devonis on the fan. Final segment of Fantasy Football Weekly. We are now 24 and a half hours away from the first football Sunday. But who's counting? Me. Oh, I am yeah, obviously. I, I can't wait. Uh, in this spot, every week, we do premature speculation. These are three guys we believe you should pick up now that will be waiver wire hits next week, but will already be on your team. Is it speculative? Yes. Is it premature? Yes. But that's half the fun when you hit on one of these and everybody's trying to pick up a guy that's already on your roster and people think you are brilliant, but actually... You just listen to the show. You're not brilliant. You're, you're not you at just, all brilliant. You just listen to us. <laughs> uh, let's begin with Scott. Who you got? Ben Watson. Uh, I don't love his matchup against the Bucks this week. But next week, he gets a tasty matchup against the Browns. Third most yards and third most touchdowns allowed mm. okay. to tight ends last year. Ben Watson was tight end 11 for Baltimore last year and tight end 7 with Breeze in 2015. He's back with Breeze. He looked great in camp, only about 40% owned. I think you can sneak him now and then pay, have it pay off next week and for maybe the rest of the season. All right, Matt. A uh, guy I mentioned earlier was Cortland Sutton. He's 35% owned in CBS leagues. Sutton's a rookie who will line up as one of the outside receivers op- opposite Demarius Thomas. Big-bodied dude. Had a 16-yard touchdown in the preseason where he displayed some really nice hands, looked very quick. Uh, if the preseason routes run are any indication, Sutton's going to run a lot of routes on the outside with Emmanuel Sanders in the slot and Demarius on the other side. Really like him. I think he's going to score a touchdown this week, and I think people will be picking him up next week. He had a really good... He probably had... Uh, Sutton probably had the best preseason of any rookie wide receiver. Yeah, maybe. I mean, James Washington was pretty. Yeah, he pretty had an good. amazing catch, and yeah. he, look, he looked good. But Sutton was they threw him copiously. They, I mean, he I, I'm also right an into Anthony the Miller guy. Job. So he, yeah. he was my number one ranked coming out for Sutton a couple was. of years. Evan Silva made a bold prediction that he out he has more receiving yards and touchdowns than Demarius Thomas this year. Dang, that's that's that would be an impressive season if he pulls that off. Yep. Uh, 
my premature speculation player, it, one of Tom Brady's starting wide receivers is 8% owned. What? That's 8%. 8% owned. Philip Dorsett. <laughs> uh, as you heard earlier in the show, I've got a starting grade on Dorsett this week, and I think that's going to happen a lot here. And there might be a temptation to think that Dorsett is just a rental until Julian Edelman comes back, but Edelman comes back to the slot. Who's the other outside receiver opposite opposite uh, Chris Hogan? Philip Dorsett. Yep, he's going to stay. He's going to stay primarily in the starting lineup for this offense all year long. Philip Dorsett, one of Tom Brady's starting receivers, available almost certainly in your league. Let's go back to our matchups. Knocked on our last three, and I'll mention. Lightning round is looming. Now is the time to call and get queued up for lightning round. 1-800-320-5326 is the number. Most of you know it by now. It's our first chance to really take calls all, all since all season in this show. Yeah, basically. We're excited to chat with you. You can certainly call in. We'll put our uh, board up, Sean, to hard work here. Chicago taking on the Green Bay Packers. Matt, for Chicago, I think everybody's very excited to see a brand new offense and what they're going to get here in week one. Yeah, I said Tariq Cohen was my take a chance on me running back, mm-hmm. which means I obviously like Jordan Howard as well. I got a B grade on him. If you go on past performance, though, he'd probably be more like a C because last year he only totaled 107 total rushing yards and two tries against the Packers. But I'm buying in on the Matt Nagy hype, uh, and I think the game script should favor the Bears trying to play tough defense, short passes and running the ball, I think that that's what they're going to try to do is grind Howard in this away game. Um, Mitch Trubisky, I got him on the bench, though. That Packer defense is looking better. They added uh, Muhammad Wilkerson, cornerbacks Tremont Williams, Jair Alexander, and Josh Jackson this offseason. But does all that come together in the first week of a new defense? All the, the corners new players specifically looked good in, in, the, in the preseason. So um, Trubisky did throw for 297 against the Packers in one meeting last season. The only one Only one touchdown in that game, though. I'm still nervous about his downfield throwing ability. You probably drafted a better starting quarterback anyway. Yeah. Allen Robinson, I gave him a C grade. By the way, $3,000 on Fanball. Yeah. Oops. Oops. <laughs> so if you want to go play, fanball.com slash radio, go play Allen Robinson for $3,000. Um, in that game last year, Trubisky threw a lot at Dontrell Inman and Kendall Wright. Each had eight targets, but Inman had the production from the outside spot where he tailored six, six catches for 88 yards. That's where Robinson should be. I like him quite a bit. Anthony Miller and Taylor Gabriel on the bench, but Trey Burton, he gets a C-grade. Tough matchup here. The Packers allowed the six fewest yards and touchdowns to tight ends last season. Only four scores allowed last year. And I was talking to, with Fish about this, and he convinced me to give him a starting grade because after watching Trubisky and Burton chemistry throughout the season... Maybe he fills the Travis Kelsey role in this offense, and oh, yeah. he's just a, just a target hog absolutely all year. So I give him a C, C start. On the other side, Aaron Rodgers, obvious A grade. Devontae Adams, obvious A grade. Mm-hmm. Led the league in red zone targets and touchdowns over the last two years. Jimmy Graham, obvious A grade. Led the NFL in red zone targets and touchdowns last year. They're going to do some red zone targets and touchdowns, I think. It's, uh, history would suggest that. Career numbers against Chicago, by the way, for Jimmy Graham. In four games, he's never had fewer than 79 yards. Hmm. Okay. Um, Geronimo Allison, Randall Cobb, Marquez Valdez, Scandling, Equinemius, St. Brown, Jamon Moore. Fun names to say, but they're all on your bench. Um, there's five guys vying for the number two and number three roster spots in, in Green Bay. But Jamal Williams, I'm giving him a B grade in this game. Over the final eight games of last season... 
Williams averaged 20.4 touches per game, and in PPR formats, he was running back number 8. He had 21 touches in the November matchup between these two teams. Aaron Jones is suspended. Ty Montgomery's not going to be in play. I feel there's a pretty good chance he hits the 20-touch mark again. Next next matchup, the Jets taking on the Lions. And when the Jets take the field with Sam Darnold, he will be the NFL's youngest ever starting quarterback. Can you possibly trust that with your fantasy lineup? Uh, 21 years and 95 days That's old. That's crazy. Yeah. No, I don't think you can. Uh, I'm going to give a hat tip to Rich Rebar for this stat. The six quarterbacks, six 21-year-old quarterbacks to start, average 211 yards, seven touchdowns, and six interceptions. Oh, that's gross. Yeah, that's not good, especially when you put it over six <laughs> six quarterbacks. Uh, they only attempted, and he only attempted one pass over twenty yards in the preseason. So naturally, I'm benching all of his wide receivers and his tight ends. If I was going to take a dart throw, it might be a Nunwa who at six two is going to have a four to five inch advantage against the Lions slot corners. But I'm probably not. I'm still benching them. The uh, the running game. I'm also benching both of them. The numbers suggest that Powell may have taken over the starting job. I, I've seen a yeah. lot of analysts say that. He yeah. logged 73% of the starter snaps with the Darnold-led first team in the third preseason game. And the Lions allowed the second-most receptions and were bottom 10 in receiving yards allowed to running backs. But I just fear... Uh, Cro- I just don't want a part of this offense. Crowell got a bunch of receptions in that third preseason did. game, too. So I don't even know where that's going to go. It just feels like avoid them all. I'm benching all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically every jet. Just don't start them. Uh, on the other side, I'm starting a lot of Lions. Stafford, I give an A grade to. Jets allowed the second most touchdown passes uh, last year. Stafford had multiple touchdowns or over 300 yards in 12 of the 16 games. He's a lock for 42 to 4,400 yards every year. Uh, the Jets allowed multiple touchdowns in 10 games last year. A, a grade there and A grade for uh, Golden Tate, his main guy. He's going to face the screen door in the slot. Uh, I love that matchup for him. The Jets, not great against wide receivers. They allowed a wide receiver to score or reach 100 yards in eight of their final 10 games, and they gave up the ninth most fantasy points to wide receivers. I'm only giving both Jones and Galladay C grades, though. When, when Galladay played, Marvin Jones averaged 5.1 targets. When Galladay was out, Marvin Jones averaged 10.2 targets yeah, per they, game. They cannibalize each other. They cannibalize each other, but... Galladay has that touchdown upside, and Jones Jones in this matchup, I think, is still C-start-worthy just barely. Luke Wilson, sneaky value. Jets allowed third-most touchdowns to tight ends last year. Uh, Detroit threw the sixth-most touchdowns to tight ends last yeah. year. There's, there's a sneaky C-value for Wilson in the, in the running game. I don't love any of it, but I'm barely going to give Carrion a C grade because I think he's the best of the bunch, and I think I his talent is going to win out. Have you seen all the media reports that like, Garrett Blunt's going to start? Oh man, Gross. I hate that. Oh, see, fantasy owners are gonna go bonkers. See if oh. that's true, man. <laughs> I had carry on with a C grade because I think he's the best, and he'll he is the best of the bunch. Yeah, he'll take it. That over. doesn't mean Blood but, doesn't but, start but maybe, and get a bunch of carries. Right, right. Well, and who's gonna get the receptions? Uh, theoretic. Who's yep. gonna get the goal line carries? Probably Blood. Jets were bottom ten in receiving yards allowed to running backs and allowed the second most receiving touchdowns to running backs. So Riddick, I have a C grade on. Uh, yeah, it's a gross situation. I wouldn't. I wouldn't fault you for benching him either. All right. Final matchup here is uh, the Rams taking on the Oakland Raiders. I don't need to tell you what to do with Todd Gurley. We'll just leave him as an A start. But let's mention this about the Rams, and this is fascinating. No starters played all preseason. 
You, there are 31 teams, so you got to watch and see how the Rams start this game to try to figure out whether or not they should be doing the same thing. We don't. Do they come out sluggish? Do they? If they miss the chemistry, not having done any, not having any preseason games, that'll be interesting to watch for sure. Gay or Gurley's an A start. Let's go to the passing game. B grades for Goff, Woods, Cooks, and Cup. Goff is, um, you know, here's the Raiders. They just traded arguably the league's best edge rusher, Khalil Mack, away, and they didn't upgrade their worst, their third worst pass defense from last year, personnel wise. Last year, Goff faced pass defenses ranked in the bottom third of the league five different times, and in those five games against bad, lower-tier pass defenses, his average game, 313 yards and three passing touchdowns. So I like Goff here. I like Woods. I like Cooks. I like Cup. Let's talk Woods first. Over Woods' last six games of 2017, he averaged six catches, 90 yards, and almost a touchdown per game. So he finished last year really well. Great numbers. The Raiders have exactly one cornerback with a pulse, Rashawn Melvin, and he cannot simultaneously guard Woods and Cooks and Cup. And I think the familiarity that Goff and Woods have will may trump what Goff would have with Cooks this week. As a member of the Patriots, though, Cooks played this Raiders team last year, 150 yards and a touchdown. So, Cooks obviously is a, is certainly in play here as yeah, well. Yeah, it's Tom Brady slinging it, him the ball though. I know. It's his shiny new toy too. Like McVeigh might want to unleash. They didn't. They didn't get to play in the preseason though. So I think I you can reasonably question whether or not Goff and Cooks have got instant chemistry or not. Or is that all stuff all overrated? Cooper Cup ended 2017 by scoring and or topping 100 yards in four of the last six. He finished last year well as well. This week, uh, he goes up against slot corner Leon Hall, who we all thought retired, you know, a decade ago. Apparently still playing, and he's manning the slot, and it's a, it's a great matchup for Cup. Let's go to the Oakland side of this game. Marshawn Lynch has a groin injury that you want to check out. Hopefully he can go in this game. I'll be disappointed <laughs> oh, if he can't. I would rather Wait not check out his groin no. injury. I didn't say check out his groin. No. I said check out the injury. I'm just laughing because this is the first of many times where Charge is like, oh, God, Marshawn, uh, please come back and Please play. come back. And here's why. The only way you're going to beat the Rams here is on the ground. The Rams allowed the fifth most rushing yards last year. But they added in Dominican Sue, who's a legitimate run stuffer. So, you know, they're probably not going to be fifth worst here, but they're much better. Uh, they're much better as a pass defense. I'm just, I'm nervous the Rams jump out to a big lead. And now, you know, how much can you reasonably run Marshawn Lynch at that point? Um, North South power backs, though, similar to long, uh, similar to Marshawn Lynch, did farewell last year. Ezekiel Elliott had a good game. Leonard Fournette had a good name, good game. I just worry that. I just worry that they're not going to be able to get the ball to Lynch more than like a dozen times in this one. So unfortunately, he's a C grade for me, even though I want it to be better than that. And again, check his uh, check the status of his groin injury. Let's go to the <laughs> passing game. Derek Carr is on the bench. Issues are plenty here. He had a bad preseason. He's got he's trying to ingest a new offensive scheme. It's his third offensive coordinator in three years. He's facing Akib Talib and he's facing uh, he's facing Marcus Peters. Uh, there's just no matchups that I like in this one. And that brings us to Amari Cooper, who gets a C grade. And if you're Cooper, you're thinking to yourself, ah, finally, I've rid myself of Marcus Peters and Aqib Tlaib in my division. And here they both come as they get traded. They both get traded to his week one opponent. First game. First game, he's got to go look at him again. The at least pop- he's only got to play him one time, though. That's right. Only one time and only this week. This could be the, the worst week of the year for Amari Cooper. It's possible. Slow start last year, as everybody remembers as well. Jordy Nelson's on the bench. The Green Bay, the team that knew him best, kicked him to the curb. We don't need to. Uh, we don't need to go 
with Jordy Nelson, I'm happy to say. And look at that. We actually have a few minutes for lightning round. I love it. Every time it. I hear this song at any time, I just feel like I need to start answering questions. Uh, yeah, arbitrarily. Yeah. You could be you could be playing at the mall. Yeah. Or in my the background. My kids will just start asking me questions. It's great. Uh, this is your chance to call in. Now, as a reminder, how the rules work on lightning round, because this is a new season. We have many first time listeners who have somehow managed to miss our previous 23 years of fantasy football weekly. <laughs> one question between two players. That's it. Don't give By us no- one of three. I don't want one of three. Don't I don't want two, two of four. Three. I don't want five of seven. One question, one plus. One player, one yeah, one question only, one question only, and it has to be between two players. That's it. I think we've established the ground rules. And then you hang up and listen and try yeah. to call back again and make yeah, your that's second true. question. You come can in. do that, and I will hang up on you after you give the question. So listen via the delay. Listen to the listen to the answer on the radio. Unless you're out state, then tell me, and I'll try to put you on hold instead. But we prefer not to. Michael, you are first, and thank you for your patience today. Hey, Joe. i to have you guys back. Thank you. Uh, better lottery ticket. Uh, Jalen Samuels, who has running back tight end eligibility in Yahoo, or Cordell Patterson. I'm thinking he might be like Colston, except a running back, not a wide receiver. For me, it's definitely Patterson. I think he has much more big play upside. Samuel, I mean, and we don't. if Bell comes back, Samuels is going to completely lose any value. Yeah, and I, I, I'm I'm with him on that. Thank you, Michael. Mark, you're next on the show. Yeah, great show, guys. Love love the show. Thank um, you. PPR, uh, Kenny Stills or Tyler Lockett. I got Tyler Lockett. I like him better than Kenny Stills. Scott Fish would probably disagree with me, but I definitely got Lockett. Kenny Stills. I'm about even. Yeah. This week. Uh, Kenny Stills has got the advantage. I think I think Dolphins are playing from behind throughout and throwing yeah. regularly, so volume yeah. might be on, on working in his favor. I think it's is it Hafan? Do I have the name right? You got it. Nice. How's it going, guys? Great Go- to have you back. Thank you. All right. Here's what I got: half point PPR. Uh, Charge's favorite offense. Tyreek Hill or T.Y. Hilton this week? I'm not touching Andrew Luck and even his receivers until I see more proof that he can sling the ball downfield, and we got none of that proof in the preseason. Let's go with Hill, who scored in both of the matchups with the Chargers last year. Lucas, you're next. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. I got a half-point PPR flex, Marshawn Lynch or Kenny Stills. Charge is going to hate me for this, but I'm going Kenny Stills just based on Marshawn Lynch's Monday night with an injury. Yeah. So I'd rather. That's very fair. I'd be so much safer with Stills. All right. Uh, Andy, you're next. Andy. Callers. We're in in preseason form with our callers. You have to turn your radio down. If you listen to the radio while you're on hold, it'll it'll mess you up. Trust me on this. Paul, you're next. I uh, love the show. Full Thank point you. PPR, uh, Landry or Connor? All right. That's James <sighs> Connor, I think he's talking about. Uh, it's that slog fest game. Connor's going to get more touches for sure. It's so full it's PPR, be though. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still going Connor. Okay. I might too. Connor can catch a bit. Yeah. Uh, John, you're next. How you doing? Uh, half point PPR, bonus points for long PDs. Uh, Evan Ingram or Mike Evans? Uh, we, we're nervous about both of those guys in this matchup. I'm less nervous about Ingram. Me too. Yeah, I think I would take Ingram as well. Let's do it. Uh, I think that was John. I think I'm on. Uh, I think I'm on Andrew. Andrew, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks. Uh, Stafford or Goff? 
Oh, I have Stafford higher this week. I like Goff, too. I like them both. I, I like just both. have Stafford a little higher. Okay. Uh, Jordan, you're next. Hey, guys. How's it going? Okay. Um, so I'm thinking either Cooper Cup or Brandon Cook. Okay. I just talked about From both the guys. the same game. Which yeah. one did you like better? Um, well, Cooks did roast them for 150 and one, you know, last year. I think the safe play, if you just want your receptions and move on, is Cooper Cup. I think it Cup is the better is, shot for a touchdown it, too. But hey, personally. you can play it like this: it's the late night game on Monday night. Look at your team. If you need yeah, the, if you need the home run, run yeah, you go there you go. you're exactly and, right. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly the right play on that. DJ, you're next. It's Sutton or Cooper. I'm yeah, sure our listeners yeah. couldn't hear that. Yeah, I heard it. <laughs> was, uh, is it my turn? Really I, th- I thought it was us. your turn. Because, uh, okay. but I, I'm I nervous. Can... I'm very nervous about Cooper, and I'll go with, I I'll love go with Matt's take a chance on me, guys. Sutton. Sutton in this matchup. Yeah. Joey, you're next. What's up, gentlemen? Randall Cobb or John Ross PPR? All right. I'm going with Ross. I think he has the better upside for a big play. Patrick, you're on the fan. Yeah, hi, guys. More Kenny Stills. Would you take Stills or Marquise Goodwin in standard league? Oh, it depends on Rhodes, right? <laughs> well, see, I don't think it does for Goodwin. You, you Goodwin's going to get Trey Waynes no matter what. It's going to be straight line speed versus straight line speed. Mm. I don't see any scenario where Rhodes regularly would have got, would get, or will get Goodwin speed. Because that's that puts Rhodes in a dicey I, spot. I'm going to defer to you guys because I unnaturally hate Stills. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I would go Stills. I like okay. the Stills matchup better. And I, I, if Goodwin doesn't get you that long catch. He hurts you. I'm just wearing down our office. <laughs> I think you are, and Kenny Stills. Marty, you're next. Yeah, Marquise Lee, Marquise Lee or Demarius Thomas? Marquise Lee was put on IR. Yeah. So I think we should yeah, go to Demarius Thomas. So that one's, that one's going to be pretty easy. Todd, you're next. Uh, PPR, Connor or Cook? Okay. Not Connor Cook. Wait, not Connor Wait, Cook. Wait, Dalvin Cook? Dalvin Cook or James Connor? Oh, Dalvin Cook. Easy. Yeah. Yeah, Definitely I Dalvin Cook so. for me. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Will, you're next. Uh, hi guys, Stafford or Dalton? Okay. Oh, uh, I, like, I like them both. Gosh. I do too. I have them both in my top twelve this week. Um, I'm gonna go Stafford. I'm gonna uh, stick with Stafford. Yeah, Stafford. Stafford's my number three quarterback. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm with you on that. Taco, a regular. Hey guys. Hi. Hey guys. Uh, Lynch or Carson? Non PPR. Yeah, we're all off. We're off this whole Seattle offense right now, right? So yeah, yeah, but you got the thorny thing with Lynch being the late game. If he's a late scratch, the Monday night. What do you do? Do you got to pick up? Do you have to pick up Doug Martin? Yeah, you might have to pick up Doug Martin as a as a safety, and that is. I will say, I feel like Lynch is going to play. I think he's going to play too, but it's not one hundred percent. Yeah, and because they're Monday night game, we're getting later. You know, they have a day later on the injury report to help crystallize things. Just be aware that that's a moving target. Uh, you may know more by kickoff tomorrow on Lynch's So we're status. saying we're saying Raiders running back. Yeah, whoever that. You got to pick up Martin though as the I insurance. Would prefer. Uh, Jason. Yeah, I got a standard scoring Alex Collins or Chris Hogan. Uh, Collins, I love Collins. This Stan- week. Standard, I love, I love both. I love, I, they both have A <laughs> grades for me. They're both I, fantastic. Standard makes it Collins for sure. Yeah, standard I, scoring is the key part of that. I agree. Uh, Don, it, the name that's on my screen looks like Dom Ningle, which I, <laughs> I hope that I don't. It. I hope that isn't Dominique. Your name. Dominique. Oh, no. Dominic. Mingle. 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 I no idea. Okay. <laughs> what can we do well, for you? Domingo, um, standard scoring flex, flex player Isaiah Crowell or Rex Burkhead. Oh, Burkhead, well, easily yeah, for me. Not close. Yep. Uh, Mike, you are next. Hey guys. 
a one point PPR Ben Hogan or Fitzgerald. Oh, <laughs> that's my. Who number. are your other oh, yeah, receivers? Well, yeah, who is your other receiver? Those are those are receivers number five and four. <laughs> you can't ask that question, Charge. That's against lightning round rules. <laughs> I go Fitzgerald. All right, uh, Kent, you are next. Hey, is it worth dropping Tyrod altogether to pick up Dalton in week one? Is it worth dropping Tyrod for Dalton? Absolutely, yep. and, yeah. for the, and for the rest of the year, Kent. Uh, Jason, you're next. Drew Brees or Philip Rivers? Oh, wow. I like Brees' matchup better this week. Yeah, Brees is my number one quarterback this week. Scott, you're next. Uh, trade question. Uh, Dynasty PPR. Do I trade Devontae Adams for A.J. Green and Tyler Eifert? Ooh. A.J. Green and Tyler Eifert. Yeah, I think you can do that. I like A.J. Green a lot this year, and getting Eifert's just a little icing That's a little cake. bonus, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I like it, too. Yep. Um, everybody replays last year. I've said it a million times. Bengals will be, I believe, one of the two I, most improved yeah. offenses this year. So you're buying low on Bengals, and I like it. Andrew, you're next. Uh, Adrian Peterson or Alfred Morris? Ugh. Oh. <laughs> bench grades on both guys. I would go uh, Adrian because I feel more confident that he has a chance to score a touchdown. Alfred yeah. Morris has got the tougher matchup and split duty with yep. Brita. Marie. Is it Marie? Yes, Marie. Hi. Marie. Hello there. Hi. What's on your mind? Um, Flacco or Mahomes? All right. Flacco or Mahomes? Uh, that is a legit question. That this is. Week. But personally, I think I think that that KC game could be more of a shootout. I would risk the upside of Mahomes personally. KC's going to be a shootout the entire time. I had Flacco on the bench. Yeah. Right. Mike, Mahomes for me. Mike, you are next. Uh, yes, I had a flex position. Uh, Lamar Miller or Adrian Peterson? All right. I think it's Lamar Miller, yep. just because of the guaranteed touch load. Max, you're on the fan. Uh, it is William Fuller, the fifth, mm. flex, full PPR, or keep calm and carry on Johnson. <laughs> we told you we don't like carry on Johnson. We're nervous about carry on Johnson, yeah. both in this matchup and for playing time purposes. We don't know what his role is. We don't know that he's even going to be the starter. We will take, we will take Will Fuller. William Fuller, the fifth. Jason, you are next. Uh, PPR League, Carson versus Peterson. Which one? Ugh, I don't like either this week. I think Peterson's <laughs> got a better chance at a touchdown and probably a better chance at more volume. All right. Ugh, it's tough. Mark, you're on the fan. Yes, Marquise Goodwin or Demarius Thomas? <sighs> Demarius. That's close, close though. It is it's very really close. close. Uh, Brent, you're on the fan. Totally. Is it worth stashing Wentz on the bench? Depends yes. on your other options. But yeah, yes, that I sounds so. like a yes. It three is. tough question. That is a three tough question. Uh, yes, I think that is the case. John, you're next. Yeah. Hey, uh, do I do Russell Wilson keep Buck on the bench or pick up Andy Dalton? Oh wow! I'd probably just—it's not really one for one, but I would do Wilson. Joe. Hi, Joe. Goodwin or Crowder PPR? Uh, Marquise Goodwin or Jamison Crowder? Uh, it, it's it's Goodwin. I don't feel great about it, but it's Goodwin. I don't feel great win about it. All right. Uh, for, first show's up. It's what? over. And we got to a bunch of lightning rounds. That was a lot of lightning rounds. That was a lot of lightning rounds. I'm tired. I got, uh, I, let's see. 
27 lightning round that's, questions. That's, that's pretty good. impressive. Yeah. And we did 15 matchups. That's We're all-stars. That is pretty amazing. I'm I'm pretty proud of us right now. Let's all pat each but other if, on the back. If you missed any part of it, yeah, we're proud of ourselves now because our predictions all feel like they're going to be right. Oh, 100%. Tomorrow, we're going to look like drooling morons as everything we said goes belly up. You know, there are all these things we've spent... Weeks just thinking about how we think you know this season's gonna go, and we've convinced ourselves we've got it all figured out. Let me bask in the glow of being right just yeah. for a couple more hours, uh, for like twenty four more hours, right. maybe. It, you you know what? You're brilliant. Yeah, the whole show you. brilliant. If you missed any awesome. part of it, check out the podcast KFN Fan on Demand, also available on iTunes, and we have our own channel on the iHeartMedia app. Talk talk to you then, everybody. Let's start one and zero, and talk to you next week. Tonight at 6.30, the Minnesota Gophers host the Fresno State Bulldogs on the radio home of the Gophers. FM 100.3 KFAN, the fan.